Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Batter up. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to this is episode 184 of A Pot of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Sarovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Maggie Wigan. Hello, Maggie. Allison. So uh, this is actually the week. We, last time we recorded, we said, oh, it's the off season. Not much can be happening, right? Ha ha ha. And then everything happened. This is actually the week where not much is happening uh because it's the off season uh, the off season for the Mets anyway baseball season's it, still happening without them <laughs> it feels like like nothing is happening aggressively if yes. that makes any sense at all I feel like there is like an active steps being taken on the part of the universe to not do anything with the Mets it's just aggressively non-Mets which is, I actually, I welcome that. I do too. I welcome brief periods of calm. I welcomed it for about 20 minutes. And I was like, no, really, though, no, I need some Mets baseball. Yeah, now I'm yeah. bored. <laughs> I have a sickness. Yeah, no, it's it's awful. It's like the second that, well, like in September, uh, especially during seasons like that when they are bad, um, it's like, it's like, oh, can't wait for this season to be over. The Mets suck so much. And then the second it ends, it's like, but, but where are the Mets? <laughs> Yeah. But it's like messiness is everywhere. Like I wanted a break, but I meant like a long weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's, a, it's like a disease that's spread to all the other New York teams, though. 
<laughs> Are you referring to that football game that happened on Sunday? Possibly. I don't know what New York football game you're referring to because the tape was burned and should never see the light of day ever again. <laughs> I I'm not a I'm not a football knower as listeners of this podcast are aware, but I am now a a, a Jets fan by pending marriage. So um I I was subjected to that football game on my birthday no less. Oof. And Oof. yeah, it was it was the worst thing I've ever seen and I've watched the Mets a lot. <laughs> So that's saying something like the state of New York sports is just sad right now. It is pretty. They're pretty down bad. It, are it, Linda, I think the Rangers are the best thing New York has going for it right now. I mean, they the, Knicks, the Knicks season is still very young at the moment as well. So anything can happen there. But yeah, no. Yeah, the Rangers are good. And um, there you go. I, they were just on a West Coast trip, so I would fall asleep on the couch, wake up at 10 o'clock, refreshed, so I could make it through the whole game. <laughs> Good stuff. I have to, like, plan out my West Coast. Disco naps, naps but make it yeah. hockey. But make it <laughs> hockey, yes. <laughs> yep. Um, in uh, the, the most of the happenings in Mets land are, like, potential uh managerial and front office hires uh starting with you know we talked about Craig Council obviously last time we recorded um but there's but a there little was bit like a there was buzzwords around council like he's is... very interested or he's highly motivated the or... interest in the Mets quote is serious yes there yes. we go on the part buzzwords of council yeah the buzzwords are starting to happen um the uh he he did also interview with the guardians for their vacancy um so the mets aren't the only team interested in him uh, but yeah this this uh this news today about the oh the interest being serious was sort of to combat the rumors that the mets were basically being used for leverage on his part because there was reporting that um, you know, he's a big labor guy uh, and similar to how Max Scherzer talked during the collective bargaining agreement negotiations when he was signed with the Mets. Um, he, you know, he wants to drive manager salaries up by by being paid top dollar. Um, so that led people to say, well, oh, maybe the Mets are just being used for leverage. Um, or, I mean, he could use the Mets to pay him a whole bunch of money, which seems yeah. a lot simpler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it seems like he's not just using the Mets to get Milwaukee or or Cleveland or whoever else to pay him more. It seems like he is actually interested, um, which I don't know. That might be a reporter speak for it's a done deal already and they can't quite announce it yet because they can't announce it until the World Series is over or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I it does feel annoyingly to me, like all the, like, it does just bring to mind situations where things were getting close. Everybody was like, this seems great. Everyone's happy. This looks good. And then the Mets messed. And I have no, like, empirical reason to believe that that's what's happening here, except for I know in my heart that the Mets will always find a way to mess. So the more they talk about how, like, it's looking good, it's serious, the more like, eh, that that's not helping me. Yeah. Um, yeah, you always have to account for that's like the when making any deal, it's like, okay, we'll pay you this amount of money. And when you're negotiating, you're like, not how do you account for the messing in <laughs> in the process? <laughs> account <laughs> like, for the messing. <laughs> like that should be in every negotiated contract. Like 
if messing happens, what do I so get? Imagine if, you're right, imagine if your job was to come up with like insurance <laughs> deals for the Mets. I don't, Oof. I don't know how, I mean, that's gotta be. They have specialized lawyers for that, I would think. <laughs> like, I, I I choose to interpret that as they have specialized lawyers just for the Mets. <laughs> because <laughs> those, con- those insurance agreements are going to be so bizarre um, that you just need to have, like, lifelong specialists. <laughs> but they would, yeah, I was going to say, those guys would, like, have the best job security out there, though. So true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of lawyers just for the Mets, um, the there was a little bit of news, not really news, but some updates on the investigation into the Mets and Billy Epler. Um, so uh, Rob Manfred spoke to reporters about the investigation um, and didn't really say anything new, but he did say that it should be completed before the end of the calendar year. So th- they're investigating very, very strongly. <laughs> But is he investigating all other teams who also do this? That is also my question. I mean, he did I, say that, like, Manfred, here's the quote from the uh, the uh, MLB Trade Rumors article about this. While Manfred makes clear the league is not currently aware of a more widespread issue beyond the Mets, LOL, he does note that he, yeah, directed, he directed the league's Department of Investigations to, quote, figure out whether we have a bigger problem regarding misuse of the injured list. Oh, my Lord. So let's yeah. say they investigate and find something. Are we going like, to be the ones that ruin it for everybody? Uh, yeah, I suppose. I mean... It could be like the, I don't know, this might be a similar situation to the Astros cheating scandal in the sense that the Mets are being punished for doing something that a lot of teams do, but the Mets took it 25% further than everybody else, right? Yeah, that sounds like the Mets. Yeah. Um, but somehow they I don't caught. think that they're going to get like Astros brand justice. That doesn't seem... No, no, the Mets that's not... don't get the Astros version of um, enforcement. I don't think. No, there'll be like loss of yeah, draft leave it to picks and fines. I mean, the Astros did lose draft picks, but the you know they deserved to. Yeah, <laughs> they deserved more. It was like a genuinely super bad thing that happened. No, the, the <laughs> I mean it's yeah. No, it does it. That would be a big Mets thing, like that some ridiculous thing that actually harms the organization long-term comes out of Billy Epler and Tommy Hunter's stupid neck or whatever it is. And and comes out of like, you know, if they really are manipulating the injured list, which all signs point to probably we we've literally made jokes about their roster manipulation. Yes. They were probably doing it. But the thing that kills me is that you're potentially risking like at best a fine and like, you know, some bad PR and at worst, like actual penalties in the form of like draft picks or other things that might hurt your organization for like what? Because you don't want to put Jimmy Yakka bonus on waivers. Like, <laughs> like this is the type of shit they're risking this over. Like well, it I would also like, like to point out this is this. This is with the optionable arms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Imagine if they hadn't focused on <laughs> optionable arms. 
my god God. (laughs) and yeah this was all like they talked about how they wanted to focus on optionable arms and all of this like roster manipulation happened because they didn't want to expose their non-optionable arms they ended up going with to waivers (laughs) guys they probably ended up dfaing three weeks later anyway yeah (laughs) like did they not dfa steven negosik eventually they did right yes that's a guy they did this with they <laughs> did eventually DFA Jimmy Akavonis, I think two separate times. Probably. The Astros are going to get the Astros lose draft picks for something that won them a World Series. Yeah. Like and the Mets the are going to lose draft picks for Jimmy Akavonis. <laughs> yeah, like at least the Astros got their damn ring out of it. Mets didn't get shit. <laughs> Okay, we need to call the insurance guy about messing because <laughs> yeah. this is a question for him or her. Yeah, seriously. Like, this is anyway. Um, the other bit of reporting that came out about this, uh, about Billy Epler was that um the Mets uh Billy Epler resigned officially. Like that was what officially happened, but apparently, according to reporting uh from You'll be shocked from Joel Sherman of the Post, he would have been fired <laughs> if if he didn't resign. I can't um, believe they kept us from us for so long. Never been more betrayed. So that <laughs> throws more cold water all over the whole, like, we wanted David Stearns to pick his own. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, it was because of this investigation. So it, it sounds like there's something there. There's definitely something there. Yeah. And like, they might know what penalties are coming already. Yeah. That's great. Also in that piece, it says that David Stearns was unaware that the Mets were under investigation, which I'll, I'll, I'll choose to believe that. <laughs> Whoever's like, job it was to keep that from him, I hope they get a raise. Yeah, <laughs> they did a good job. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's the latest on that. We'll find out before the end of the calendar year or if the Mets lost a draft pick over Jimmy Akabonis. I'm going to say that there's going to be rule changes and everybody will hate the bats because of it. <laughs> there is going to be some sort of change to the IL or something over this. and that, That's going to be hilarious. And Billy, Apple, Billy Apple will never work in baseball again. He'll be shunned. <laughs> because I don't he know. Of all the things. The Angels might just take it back. That's yeah. true. They are the Angels. That's isn't isn't that a fate worse than unemployment though? Yeah, in my opinion. It's a joyless job. So at least on employment, you have hope to find something better at the Angels. There's no hope there. It's like, if he's found not guilty, he works for the Angels for a year. If he's found guilty, he works for them for two years. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um... So with no Otani too. So yeah, that is a very that's a that's a a fate worse than unemployment. Yeah, it is. Um, the other piece of reporting surrounding the Mets and their front office, um, that happened in the past couple weeks is that uh, John Morosi of MLB.com reported that the Mets had discussions about hiring uh Dan Kantrovich, Kantrovich, Kantrovitz. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm sorry, Dan. Um, for a high level position overseeing their amateur scouting and player, uh, player development departments. So this is like a lot of teams have like a president of amateur scouting. Um, but it seems like this is, this would be like a, a larger role than just that. 
um, because it would be he would be overseeing both scouting and player development. Usually those are like two separate roles, like one one person oversees player development and the other person oversees scouting. Um, and the GM is, you know, the boss of both of those guys or gals. Uh, but, um, apparently what they're considering, uh, Kantrovitz for is like a, a higher level position than that. Um, he's, a bad been, idea. <laughs> he's been a hot GM and like president of baseball operations type candidate. Um, I mean, the guy who, I can't remember his name. He was also with the Cubs. Uh, Kantrovitz is currently with the Cubs. Um, he's their vice president of scouting. Um, why can't I remember his name? The other guy who was with the Cubs just got hired to be the, <laughs> the Red Sox. Like, uh, he's the former reliever. I can't remember his name. It's killing me. Just got hired to be the Red Sox, like equivalent of president of baseball operations. I think the Red Sox call it something different. President of baseball, chief baseball officer, something. Um, Bloom's replacement. Um, there we go. Craig Breslow. Craig Breslow. That's who it was. He was also with the Cubs, I think, before this. Um, and he was. He, yes, he was. Yeah. He wasn't like a GM before. Like, so this is it's interesting because this guy, this other Cubs guy um, who the Mets are trying to hire, apparently um, has been like a GM candidate recently. Um, and I don't know if the Mets will be able to entice him away from the Cubs with just this sort this sort of promotion that's still below a GM. Um, but if they are able to entice him, um, everyone I've talked to who knows a lot more about scouting and stuff than I do thinks that this would be a very good hire because um, he's apparently one of the like three best scouting directors like in baseball. <laughs> So well, I think it's also a good sign that the, yeah, that the Mets are willing to just completely yeah. revamp um, the organization and like the hierarchy within the organization because it's been so bad for so long, especially scouting, analytics, all of that's been just years behind everybody. So it, yeah, at least there it like a it seems like there's been a lot of turnover um, this off season. And so at least, you know, it looks like they're going after the best and the brightest in the game. Whether they can attract them or not is a different story, but at least they're targeting the they're good tra- talent. They're targeting the right people, exactly. Yeah. And this is what having Steve Cohen's resources will do. It's not just about being able to buy Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander and offer them the most money. It's about being able to offer the Dan Kantrovich's the most money, you know? Um, yeah, the behind that the metzing effect. Yes, it's like yeah. every every additional investigation will cost them five million more dollars <laughs> in those salaries. Right. Um. So they can. I mean, the Mets simply can offer Craig Council the most money to manage. They can offer um their their head of scouting and player development the most money. Um, and a like higher up role that they invent <laughs> for the purposes of drawing him away from the Cubs. Uh, so this is all good. This is good news. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see if the good news offsets whatever the penalty from the investigation is. <laughs> <laughs> Grownups in charge 2024. That's all. That's all I'm hoping for. Yeah. Grownups yeah. in charge. Grownups in up. charge 2024. 
that's that's gonna be the title of this episode um <laughs> yeah so uh very not grown up in charge news story final Mets Mets story of the evening um Tommy Pham oh Tommy Pham man can't stop talking about the Mets somehow even though he's playing in the World Series <laughs> I don't understand. Like, first the Phillies, now Tommy Pham. It's like, you're in the playoffs. What did we do to you? It's literally the New York Mets. It's literally the New York Mets. Like, I don't get it. And, like, this is an extension of the, remember when the Phillies celebrated in the locker room and they were like, you know, fuck the Braves, fuck whoever we play next, and also fuck the Mets. It's like, oh, cool, thanks. Like, still thinking yeah. about us? It's like, that's Tommy that's Pham so right sweet now. of you. Very nice of you. Still thinking about us? Cool. I don't think about you, but sure. Yeah, sure. I don't think about you at all. Yeah, it's a, I feel uh, I feel bad for you. I don't think about you at all. It's that. It's literally that meme. I mean, really, it is odd that Tommy Pham keeps coming back to this, um, like, especially because I feel like there hasn't been anything added to the discourse right. like no he, it's the same thing he took exception to the culture of the Mets locker room and now he does not play for them he was there for but he does he months, said he would come four back. Whole months. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I don't get it I there has to be a Taylor Swift sort of... song about this. There, this has to be a Taylor Swift song that's of, the like, sort the of pathology that Mets fans have screw you and I'll see you tomorrow. I'll be, I'll keep drinking this garbage. I'll keep coming back. It's the mean girls meme. Like, why are you so obsessed obsessed with me? Yeah. (laughs) Why is he so obsessed? It's literally the Mets. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it either. We're not hurting anybody. We suck. I think like, just go enjoy the world series. I did compare it on Twitter to when I was, um, cat called when I was eight months pregnant and carrying a toddler. Oh God. like on some level, kind of flattered, but mostly confused. Yeah, like ninety nine percent confused. Yeah, like the first time he said something about it, I was like, okay, sure, whatever. Sure. Like, I don't. Yeah, like like what Mark Hanna said seemed to track. Like Hanna was like, yeah, like I'm not surprised that he feels that way, but it's because like he's a freak, basically, and like not everyone like prepares like him. Uh, and that made sense to me. I was like, yeah, sure. Like Tommy Pham is one of those like complete freaks. And, and there are plenty of those in baseball and they don't understand that not everybody is like, you know, needing to show up to the field at like 7 a.m. every day and start taking, taking back batting practice or whatever. Um, and but so that made sense. Quote. But then he kept saying it and yeah. it's like, okay, you can calm down now. We get it. The Mets are very unmotivated and that's why they weren't good. I understand. But it was so weird because this quote, the second time he brought it up came a day after Trevor May was on a podcast talking about how much Francisco Alvarez worked. So it was I know. like, like every other person, like May, Canna, they've all had nothing but good things to say. And there's Tommy Pham just nonstop complaining. <sighs> but he's on the scrappy Diamondbacks who had to work very, very hard to make the World Series. That's, and that's... Uh, no, and I'm sorry, but I'm still bitter that Paul Seawald held a grudge against us for no reason. You were bad. I'm not cheering for you, Paul Seawald. I mean, he did uh, blow the game, so yeah, that did happen. Um, so yeah, because that's the Paul Seawald we knew. <laughs> yeah, 
The World Series is currently happening, for those of you who aren't aware. Uh, it is the Rangers versus the Diamondbacks, which uh, to there was there was discourse about how this is like the worst like World Series matchup ever because it's boring and it's like, uh, did you want to see the Phillies and Astros again? The exact same World Series as last year? Is that what you wanted instead? I'm sorry. I think it's kind of cool that there's like new teams in it. It gets like uh, that's like the '90s. It was the Yankees every year. It gets boring. Yeah, I'm sick of the same teams. So it is a teams. at worst, it is a perfectly cromulent World Series. Yes, <laughs> like that is the worst thing anyone could ever say about it. I mean, and to be fair, I'm not watching, but I am. I, 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 I mean, it's happening right now. Teams. I'm not watching it as we record this because I am not in the room with the TV. But I will be watching it, and I I will be happy to be watching it because I will not be stressed out during it, which is the best part of it. Because all the enemies have been vanquished. I don't need to stress about who wins. I can be indifferent, yeah. and that is beautiful to me. I'd love that to just nice. be able to watch the World Series stress-free and just, like, sit there and enjoy my baseball. It's great. It's perfect. More of that. Less of teams I hate in the World Series. Thank you. Because <laughs> that just gets your blood pressure up, and nobody needs that. I don't want to be watching the World Series having to root against the Phillies again, especially no. in I'm... favor of having to root for the Astros. The worst. Last year sucked. I don't want that again. <laughs> I'm so happy. It was literally just like again. insult to injury, the whole thing. Yep. Yep. No, and I feel you. like this way we can save our stress for when we need it. Someday it will happen again. We will watch the years of our life drop away, away as we <laughs> as we like chew our nails through hyperventilating, scaring the cats. So <laughs> It's fine that we are not losing any of those lives now. I agree. Um, the World Series, as as we record this on Monday night, game game three is happening right now um, while we're recording, but the series is currently tied at one game apiece. Um, go baseball! <laughs> go baseball! In game one, the Diamondbacks' bullpen melted down uh, courtesy of former Mets, and they displayed the Metsiness that we all know and love. Paul Seawald displayed the Paul Seawald that we knew as a New York Met. Miguel Castro displayed the Miguel Castro that we knew as a New York Met. I forgot so- Miguel Castro was with the... Diamondbacks this time around. That's fun. Yes, and he did not distinguish yeah, no, himself I mean. <laughs> in World Series Game One. Uh, Maybe fun was not the right word. Yeah. So that's so that's what happened in Game One, and then the Diamondbacks promptly turned around and absolutely kicked ass in Game Two, and the offense came to play, and they won like nine to one or something like that. Yeah, it was pretty um, brutal. Yeah. And now, currently, I am checking the score right now. If my thing will load, it is three to nothing Rangers as we record this in the bottom of the fourth of game three. Baseball. Baseball. Way to go. I am oh, Tommy Pham is hitting. Tommy oh, Pham is currently. <laughs> currently. Well, didn't Tommy Pham have like a four for four day? He did. <laughs> He did, and actually, like, you he know... He did a nice thing, yeah. He did do a nice thing. We chastised him for uh, the stuff he said about the Mets. Not like, not that I actually take exception to it. It's more just like, why are you still on this on this beat? It's very strange, um, but I'm not but, mad. I'm not mad He did do it. a good thing, because he had a chance to go five for five, which would have been like a, a postseason first or a World Series first. I can't remember. It would have been some sort of, like, record if he did that. Um, but then uh, he wanted to give his teammate the at bat, so that was nice. Aww. Um, but yeah, 
Anyway, um, because I think were... it was his teammates like first World Series. Or yes, it something. was his first yeah. World That's Series. Nice. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, there were um backtracking to before the World Series since the last time we recorded this. Uh, I don't even think that most of the championship series had happened yet. It was like the beginning of the championship series when we last recorded. I think. Um, yeah, because we we knew the Braves were out because yeah, yes. Braves. we were so, celebrating. We, we danced on their graves. I remember um extensively which was which was fun yeah um but there were uh so we talked about the the fireworks that had happened you know in the phillies brave series last time we recorded there were other fireworks that happened in the alcs oh Um, yeah we had some babies yeah uh when astros reliever brian abreu intentionally threw at adelise garcia um who um who you know showboated some home runs, rightfully so, because he freaking owned the them. Literal postseason, the literal yeah. postseason, and he was if the ALCS MVP. If you can't celebrate in the literal playoffs, big ass home runs like that, what are we even doing here? So yeah, he got thrown at for that. Um, I'm sorry, he he. Uh, he MLB deemed the uh, the pitch to be an int- intentional. Uh, it was very obviously intentional. Um, this the suspension was air quotes upheld on appeal. He appealed the suspension and it was upheld, but upheld in the sense that he is serving it next season, which makes no sense during the regular season instead of serving it during the postseason. Like, I mean, really, like, there's literally zero incentive or disincentive, I should say. Exactly. From this. All all MLB has done is said, if you do something dangerous and reckless, um, you will have a very small slap on the wrist that won't come into effect for six months. The Astros being great. slapped on the wrist? Well, I never. It also sounds like garbage to me. What happens if he gets traded? Or I don't even know if he's a free agent or if he, what if he's on another team? Now he's serving a suspension on another team for something that he did six months ago. Yes. Isn't Jacob Rames st- suspension still <laughs> still outstanding? I mean, I'm going to go ahead and, and guess that that's not going to come up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think so. Yes. When dudes are suspended and they're traded to other teams, they're still suspended. Yes. Yeah. So it just the whole thing makes no sense. You admitted really he did it wrong. So then this suspension should be served immediately. Like you get to pick and choose your suspensions now. Yeah, like you can't apply different rules just because it's the postseason. No. Then do or if you're throw going to then be upfront about that. Like if you're going to have a rule, if you're a, a practice, I should say, if you're going to have a practice of not enforcing suspensions in the world series then like you need to be honest about that or you need to maybe think that that is a really unwise precedent to set and not do that yeah a lot more dudes are going to get thrown at during the postseason now if they realize that all that will happen to them is that they'll be suspended in two april games (laughs) i mean to be fair noah said to guard probably threw an Escobar in the World Series and nothing happened. Um, sure. But so but if he, but had, then he I threw mean, a Chase Utley and the umpire's ass was in the jackpot. That's true. Which we did learn the full story behind that, by the way. That was another thing that happened in the, I think, another thing that was published since we last recorded. 
or might have been right before that we recorded uh, most recently. It was very it was right around that time, right around two weeks ago. Um, I think it was Sam Blum in The Athletic wrote a fabulous like deep dive into the ass in the jackpot um, and interviewed Terry Collins and Tom Hallion. And uh, we'll link the piece in the show notes and tweets and stuff because everybody should read it because Tom Hallion talks about like where he picked up that phrase from. It's like, because no one had ever, like no one knew what that meant no, really. Yeah. Um, and apparently it's something that he said as a kid that he like that he had never broken out like in his capacity as an umpire until that time. And it just <laughs> happened to get caught on tape. so that was literally his first time saying it yes yeah as an adult (laughs) like it was something that he like it was something that like his little league team used to say or something i forget it was like yeah it was something that he used to say as a kid or like no it was like when he and his like friends or siblings or whatever the neighborhood kids were out playing his mom used to get really mad when they would come home late or like she would call them and they wouldn't come home. And they used to say like, oh, our ass is going to be in the jackpot. It's just like something they made up. Oh. And so like, it's not like it's a phrase that is like an established idiom or anything like that, or even like regional vernacular. No, it's something that like he and his friends made up when they were kids. And it just ended up like being this like national baseball story. <laughs> this is, this is a natural tape. extension of Metzing. It, it, it comes in yes. all forms. And the yes. fact that there would be just like your standard issue, you know, if intense um, umpire fight and it turns out to like coin the phrase ass in the jackpot, like that's that's a that's a version of Metzing for sure. Well, there's like the Mets are like the baseball void and then they like pull everything around them to them so if you're like in their vicinity <laughs> you become part of the messing void i also yeah. think they're kind of like a like a vaudeville act yeah a little bit <laughs> where like really anything is possible and like you know they will you know you'll see stuff up there you've never seen before or even heard of um and don't <laughs> worry it'll be totally different the next time around yep yep if you don't like it just wait a minute <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that's that's sort of a side note, but everyone should read that piece. It's awesome. Now, did Hallian explain why he threw out Nova Syndergaard? Because I want answers. I mean, because his ass was in the jackpot. (laughs) I mean, probably because he really, it was the right thing to do. Like, I hate to admit it, but like, no, that was, it was, there was intent. It was egregious. It's fine. But he didn't even hit him, though. He threw at him. But he tried. Or at least he like he put it he made it extremely possible for that to happen for the express intent of fucking with him. Yeah, I get it. I wouldn't have done it, but I get it. Yeah. Uh, I never uh, I never advocate for throwing at guys asterisk chase up the exception. (laughs) I'm not not shedding any tears for Chase Sutley on this front. Best was Sean Estes throwing at Roger Clemens, missing, and then hitting a whole run off of him. (laughs) That was the best revenge. (laughs) Yes. Um, and yeah, after after Adal's got Garcia got hit, he just like kept hitting home runs anyway. So like (laughs) he turned on God mode, and that basically was the end of that. Message was not received. It's like in Blazing Saddles when they said, don't shoot at Mongo, you're only going to piss him off. 
Yeah, basically. (laughs) That he's Mongo now. (laughs) Yeah, like, what do you... Yeah, you think that's gonna help? Yeah, like, you just pissed him off. (laughs) Yeah, like, throwing at him, like... If if some if somebody threw at me for like pimping my home run, guess what I'm gonna do the next time I hit him? Home home Pimp it harder. <laughs> I'm gonna go I'm gonna salsa down the base paths. I would walk, I would Michael Jackson myself. moonwalk <laughs> yes. around the bases. I would go full Joey Bats and then some. Seriously. Um, like I feel like the staring at home plate is like the best, like fuck you to the pitcher because you're still right in front of the pitcher where he could see you yeah and you're like nope i'm not moving i'm watching this one go yep yep you could also you could pull out a still well angel from league of their own yes. you're gonna lose. Yeah. <laughs> um so the other you, like, break dance on home plate. <laughs> I mean, I guess the closest that you can get to that is the thing that Jazz Chisholm does, where he like does the little like uh what's it called? I forget. There's a name for the move where he like shimmies back and forth. <laughs> or like cartwheel as you're rounding third and then like do cartwheels for like third home. <laughs> <laughs> Please somebody try that. I wanna see it. <laughs> I wanna see it. Um, so the other bit of news that came out of the ALCS is that Dusty Baker is retiring uh, as Astros manager, um, after this season. So effective now, he's not coming back next year. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, he is like one of the best managers in the game right now. So it is a pretty big loss, um, to the baseball community to not have him back, but obviously he has earned his retirement. <laughs> yeah, I think loves it like. 27 years in the majors yeah something was, like that yeah something ridiculous yeah take it easy dusty but yeah <laughs> you've earned it you've earned retirement yeah and i mean like he's he's a major figure because there like haven't been that many black managers and the number of black players in baseball like is falling all the time sadly um as we've talked about on this show before so, you know, he's been sort of a an icon in the game in that regard. So it yeah, is just, kind just, of sad. And like just the even as a player too, just how far his career has spanned and who the people he's just interacted with over the course of his career is pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah. Like I know legends is, is really yeah, kind legends. of the best word. He's just yeah. a legend. He yeah. is a legend. I know that he made some questionable managerial calls during the playoffs, but overall he is like, especially for guys of his generation considered to be a pretty top tier tactical manager. So it seems like everybody just loved playing for him too. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, I have two things. One's a bad thing and one's an even worse thing. What do you want to hear? Oh God. I guess just go from bad to worse because that's like that's the natural order. Go ahead. Okay. First thing <laughs> is Max Scherzer just walked off the mound with a trainer. Oh, He's oh. done due to back tightness. Oh. I know that it's very like in vogue to hate Max Scherzer. See, right now. I don't. I, I can't. Don't I, I can't get myself to hate Max Scherzer. No, I don't know. I'm... I like there was the weirdness, but I I don't want the guy to like you know 
come out of the World Series with an injury. No, like, people not- have like Mets fans have very like Tom Glavined his legacy, and I just like don't get it. I know he's nowhere near Tom. Glavin. And then I don't know if you saw the passing um, story today where it said like George Bush wanted to beat him, and he was like, "I had my headphones on, maybe some other time." <laughs> yeah, yeah, which <laughs> legend, legend for that. Yeah, so like I feel like all the labor stuff and, um, you know, he was on the side of good and right on the COVID stuff. And like, I don't know. And, you know, he posted his career low ERA last year. I mean, this is not, you know, I don't know. It just seems everyone has a very extreme perspective on him. I don't understand it. And I, I still swear he was the one who fought for Alvarez. And I feel like yeah, he, no, yes. he definitely, I yeah. think it was definitely him. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And when he was rehabbing in the minors, he specifically requested Alvarez catch him. Like he was so good with Alvarez. And I think that really helped Alvarez's development. What do you have a legend saying, I want you to catch me as a kid in the minors? I can only imagine Absolutely. what that would do for his confidence. So no, he he was a, I think he was a net positive for this organization. I realize I so, that like right. that is not a popular perspective in some circles, but don't care. Before we get to the even worse news, I'm staving. Oh it God, off. I forgot there was worse news. <laughs> there no. is worse news, sadly. Uh, yes. Before we get to that, though, I will make a side note and say that um, if you haven't watched it yet, um, Steve Gelbs published or like posted on his social media the uh, full like it, I don't want to call it a fake interview. It just wasn't an interview that was like broadcast. Oh, yes. And why? Yes, yes. But uh, Francisco Alvarez did a full interview with Steve Gelbs in English because he requested to do so. And it was not one that was like meant for the airwaves like at all. It was just like him practicing um, and he wanted to do the full interview in English. and was really important to him. And uh, Gelbs recently posted the full interview on his social media. And it's incredible. And if if you haven't seen it already, you should go watch it. And it just shows like how dedicated Francisco Alvarez is to like every aspect of the game. And that includes learning English, which is. And he was wearing the women's day shirt. He was. This team is so lucky to have him. Oh my yes. goodness. And he said he wanted to be able to better communicate with his teammates and the fans. Yeah. Which but, is so great. Yeah. It's like, Oh, that's very sweet. So that said, what's the worst news, Linda? <laughs> Oh my god. I really don't know if you're, I don't know if you're prepared for this. Oh no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. Now that you say that, I'm really not. It's kind of heartbreaking. Oh no. Mookie Betts has weighed in on Trevor Bauer. Oh, he, oh, wa- no. he wants Trevor Bauer back or something? My experience with Bauer is not anything remotely close to what everyone else's experience is. I love him. Oh, he didn't <gasps> rape Mookie Betts? Okay. Oh, I think congratulations I think, for not being raped by Trevor Bauer, Mook. Oh, I think he's an awesome guy. Oh, God, oh. that hurts. The That's personal things. I have no dis- control. I have no say. Oh, Obviously, nothing ever came from it. He's an awesome pitcher. He's a great guy. I mean, Someone... first of all, awesome pitcher, also up for debate. <laughs> yes, that is up for debate. <laughs> Somebody who wants to take the mound every fifth day, but at the end of oh. the day, I don't make the decision. That's a decision that's not as simple as baseball. That is brutal. Oh God, like, brutal. every quote is worse oh. than the next one. Oh, it's just like a, a greatest hits of... What not garbage to men supporting garbage men. That is. But Mookie Betts, to have... uh, I thought he was 
better than that. And I th- I also oh, I also thought better of Mookie Betts than that. Oh. And it's 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 not just like you know, it's not just like oh I thought Mookie Betts was a good guy. It's like to have. It's rough to have one of the most prominent yes. players in all of baseball mm-hmm. say that. Now that's, saying yes. that's, that's really tough. That's really tough because again, like we people said, listen. Yes, because this is how that opens the door now. Exactly. Yeah. Like we've said over and over on this show. And especially since he does have a reputation for being a like stand-up player, a good guy, is not Clevenger saying this stuff. Like, oh, well, Mookie Betts says it, then it carries something. Exactly. Like we've said over and over on this show, it is about their peers. It doesn't matter. I mean, I like to think what we say on this show matters to an extent, but it it doesn't matter what we say about Trevor Bauer. It matters what his teammates say about him. And that's until until this type of behavior is unacceptable in clubhouses and makes you a pariah in baseball, it will continue. And this is a huge step backwards in that regard, because I had thought, I mean, one guy as, 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 you know, as prominent and as much star power as Mookie Betts has, he is still only one player that said, I had thought that Trevor Bauer was really the closest thing that we have gotten so far to a true pariah in baseball, in the sense that no one was willing really other than like, I guess Mike Clevenger sort of, but he's also a scumbag. So who cares? But no one was really willing to full throat with his full chest step to Trevor Bauer's defense. But now we have an example of that. Sadly. It also did seem that, he wasn't welcome back in the Dodgers clubhouse when he first got suspended. Like, I feel like there were some reports saying that if the Dodgers had bought him back, he wouldn't have been welcome back. I was like, okay, this sounds like progress that they're finally taking a stand. And now this is like 20,000 steps back. That's that hurts. That hurts. hurts Yeah. It hurts. I don't know what else to say about that. That's, that's really bad. That's not good. I hate that. And you get it to see it with his full chest, too, not just... Yeah, no, that's like a super yeah. enthusiastic endorsement of him as a person, as a human being. Yeah. Um, oof. Wow. Christ. Yeah. It's... That's probably some of the worst quotes I've ever read. I'll honestly. also add, that is an awfully uh, bold risk to take when you were talking about acts of domestic violence that are statistically most likely to end in murder. So, yeah. you know, yeah. for many, many reasons, hope that doesn't bite Mookie in the future, because there's oh. certainly a chance it could. Well, according to him, nothing came of it, Maggie. So that's that. <sighs> so that means he, that, 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 that was proved, I guess, to him that Trevor Bauer did not do anything because oh, nothing, right. nothing came of it. Is this is this really worth like like sullying your reputation over like this fucking? And asshole? he had a spotless reputation before this. I mean, everybody really loved Mookie Bats. Everyone will forget about this in a week, and it'll stay spotless. Let's be especially real. now since the World yeah. Series is going on. It's probably going to be buried, but like it's only like people like us who will continue to care in like a week. Yeah. And I don't know how it came up. I don't know, you know, if it was. Yeah, I wonder. Did he say yeah. this like unprompted, or did someone ask him about it? Not that it, either way, it's bad, but it's yeah. 
Oh, that makes me so mad. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? We probably do need to finish the show, though. I know. Like, what? But like, why are you Mookie Betts? I, it just baffles why? me why you why you would answer like if if he was asked that zero percent needed zero percent needed just don't do it just don't if say he was it. asked that don't answer just don't it's just no comment the whole thing even if you really do love Trevor Bauer and you're his best friend just it's very easy to just say like he could say the part like oh well ultimately it's their decision I don't have a I don't have control over that I, I no comment it's very yeah. easy to just say that. Yeah. And move on. You don't have to answer that question. It's, it's a complicated situation. And, uh, you know, I trust such and such to work it out. Like, that's, you don't have like, to. That would be shitty, but at least it wouldn't be a full throated endorsement. Endorsement. Exactly. Oh, God. Oh, having one of the most prominent you really players. To tie yourself to that person is bold. Having one of those prominent, well-liked baseball players full-throated endorse an abuser is rough. That's rough. That's very rough scenes. All right. Uh, the only other thing that I had on the show notes. <laughs> <for today. laughs> something good. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I suppose. It's good. Uh, uh, it's uh, a little, a small update on the uh, MLB antitrust exemption front, uh, which is that Evan Drellich, who's been doing basically all the reporting on this, um, reported that the uh, that the attorneys general of the following states um, all favor ending MLB's antitrust exemption: Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Montana, New Jersey, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Vermont, Virginia, West Virginia, and Washington D.C. So that spans the political spectrum. Yeah, Coach is um, still like nah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we've New York mentioned State politics, baby. <laughs> we've mentioned before that this is a weird sort of uh, uh, makes for weird bedfellows politically uh, between people on the right and people on the left. Uh, do both do support for different reasons, but support ending MLB's antitrust exemption. So um, again, like this, just it, what the attorneys general of these states doesn't ultimately matter. It doesn't ultimately matter what they think. It matters what the Supreme Court thinks. Um, but again, this is all like building momentum toward the most momentum we've ever had uh, for ending it. So we'll see what happens in the Supreme Court decision. But that was just a brief uh, bit those of Those rich guys update. will prevail. Will it be those rich guys or these rich guys? Or these rich guys. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay Riveting tuned. stuff. All right. Uh, given that bit of uh, that bit of business we just had to talk about, uh, I think it is really good that we will be ending the show like we always <laughs> do with walk off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Maggie Wigan, what is your walk off win for this week? Um, so as is our annual tradition, uh, my son, who is nine, loves to pick just the most niche possible Halloween costumes. Um, and this year he wanted to be a video game villain from a Roblox game called Piggy. And the character's name is Tio, which I think I did a pretty darn good job of, except for the incorporeal form. That was really hard to pull off with a glue gun. But 
I got hit. He had giant top hat with glowing orange eyes that had LED lights that I really put in there. And I gave him like double long arms with pointy fingers. Um, and he was super happy with it. And he had his school festival over the weekend. And he was like, I'm going to win the contest, costume contest. I'm going to win the costume contest. And I'm like, oh, baby. Well, hopefully that would be great but like whew, he won the costume Aww, contest that's he awesome won it. my boy his first year at this school with that hard-ass costume that i made with my own two hands <laughs> <sighs> my baby won his costume contest and it was just the absolute best feeling he was so happy um, he got a $10 Amazon gift card and nice. told his baby sister he would spend half of it on her. Oh, uh, that's so and sweet. He felt so good about it. And and I felt so good about it because I thought I'd done a good job. But it's hard to be an elderly person like myself trying to make <laughs> Roblox Halloween costumes because <laughs> that is not my people. But I but I did the cool mom thing. And now I can just like coast on that for a while. That's awesome. That's awesome. Congrats to Thomas. That's awesome. Yes. I I love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. So I always appreciate a good niche costume. Um, yeah. Love it. Um like uh my my friends and I always do like epic group costumes. And uh one year we all dressed up as different skits from the Amanda show. So I was the uh, along with two of my friends, I was the uh, the block blister, which is like the riff on block uh, blockbuster with the like rental video store where they like had like weird like um, what you call it like weird like makeshift knockoff movies of the original movies. <laughs> and they would always go, it's better, much better that one. And so, yeah, very niche Halloween costumes. Yes, I'm all about that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Linda Cervich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Oh well, my walk-off win is every year, uh countywide, they do a battle of the books tournament where um you know, every team reads five books and then you answer trivia questions and then the libraries battle each other and it becomes like a really big event. And my library had never had a team before because we just didn't have the staff. And so this year was our first year participating. This was my first year as a coach. Um, and then a lot of things went wrong. Um, one of our meetings was canceled because of, we of those horrible rains and we had flooding. So we we had to cancel. Then I had COVID. Canceled due to act of God. Yes. So act of God was the first cancellation for a meeting. Second cancellation was me getting COVID. So then they couldn't practice. And then the third one was one of our kids getting COVID. <laughs> so we had a lot of challenges against us. And um, so the day of the, and then I was off. I swear. I don't know. I don't know if it was COVID brain or what, but I was off the day before. It was a Friday and the Battle of the Books was supposed to take place on Saturday. And I had a dream that I overslept and missed the entire event. So then I woke up, looked at my clock and it said 10 o'clock and the event. I, I was supposed to be there at 845. I ran out of the door crying. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God, I let my team down. Oh, my God. And I realized 
it was Friday. It was not Saturday. My alarm didn't go off because I didn't set it (laughs) because it was Friday. I lost a year of my life just listening to that story. Yeah, that's so stressful. Oh, my God. I can't. And then the whole rest of the day, I felt like I let my team know when I didn't. (laughs) But it was great, right? Every Because there has to be, we need the win part. So Maybe not a literal win, but a like. So the day of. It's okay, right? I I was there on time. My whole the team that didn't have COVID was there (laughs) on time. And they got smoked in the first round, which was a little sad, but. Then they got so much better as the day went on. Like the, the first, we had two matches, and then we had lunch, and then they lost their first two matches, and then after lunch they won their next two matches, and then the third round was really close. But then they ended up losing. But then they said, "Okay, stay in your room because then somebody's going to come." Because out of sixteen teams, the top eight made it to the quarterfinals, so they're like, "Stay here, and somebody will tell you if." You made the quarterfinals or not, right? Like, uh, I don't know how that one because it was just based on your points and how many points you got during the day. Um, and then so finally volunteer comes in and she goes, Oh, what two teams are these? We told her, and she goes, Oh, both of you made the quarterfinals. <laughs> so we were so excited. So when they told us to go to room four, that was the second seed and the seventh seed. So we figured we were the seventh seed. And who should walk in but the team that smoked us in the first round? Oh. And so I could see them just immediately get deflated. And I, you know, I'm just trying to say, like, you know, the first round scores don't matter. Anybody can beat anybody now. And they were neck and neck for so long before they finally lost. The other team pulled away. And I was like, no, like, because they knew it. They were just slow on the buzzer. But I was so proud of them because after all their challenges, you know, getting up to that point, because they were so dedicated and they, like, loved the books and they knew everything. And it was just the stupid buzzers that they just weren't quick on the buzzers, though. But... I was the so quarterfinals is amazing. Our first try. For our first try, my first try being a coach. I I was so proud of them. I'm like, you should be proud. And like they were disappointed. I'm like, no, you and like you took one of the top teams, like almost like you almost beat one of the top teams. Like that was incredible. And so I'm so happy because they were so sweet and they were such good kids. And like I said, they knew it. And they were, you know, it's so nice to see kids get so excited about reading. And it was just, it was very nice. So I found it a happy ending even. And the parents were so nice. One of my kids' parents took me out for lunch afterwards. Oh, and, that's so sweet. And that then so she, nice. and they said, oh, Misha, tell her what you told us. And she said, I want to be a librarian when I grow up. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, I think I did, would cry. Did you slightly discourage doing it, though? <laughs> Were you like, watch out for the debt? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, are no. you sure? <laughs> no, but like, no, that's, that's so sweet. You know, that is like, cute. Yeah, that's, so, and that's something that's going to stay with her for so long. But yeah, like, my heart was so full hearing that, and so she kept saying, can I, like, help you do stuff? And I was like, of course. So it ended up being a really, really awesome day. <laughs> <My> initial scare. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm proud of my team and all of them promised me they were going to come back next year. So I feel like we're going to really nail it next year. And, you know, and they said, can we stay as a book group and then like, just have a book group and then start. And then when then we get the books for next year, then we can start practicing. They were so sweet. I was like, oh, and all the parents were awesome. And it, it really made my life so much easier just having such a good group to work with. So that's my walk-off win. Even though we lo- sometimes losses are still wins. <sighs> yes. 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 Absolutely. Um, so my walk-off win for this week is that um it was my birthday yesterday. Um so happy I- birthday, Allison. Happy Thank birthday. You. Thank you. Um, so over the weekend we celebrated, um, and it was nice. Uh, on Friday, Michael and I went to a nice restaurant, one that I've been meaning to try for a long time. That you know is walking distance from our apartment and has a Michelin star, and it takes it's it's hard to get a reservation there. We finally got one, and so it was really nice. The meal was delicious. Um, and then on Saturday we went to Baltimore with and met met up with some of my friends and we hit up a lot of my old haunts from when I lived in Baltimore. So that was like a really lovely day. Um, we went to one of my favorite spots for lunch. We walked around Patterson Park where I used to live. Um, and then we hit up my favorite ice cream place. We we went to a couple of the breweries in Baltimore that I really love. Um, and so it was just like a perfect day in Baltimore. I miss Baltimore a lot. And so it was nice to spend the day there because really the only times I've gone back have been to like go to Camden Yards, which is awesome. And I love going to Orioles games. But obviously there's a whole other city there that I miss a lot. Um, that's a really tantalizingly short car ride away that I don't get to visit as often as I would like. Um, so that was really, really nice. Um, and then yesterday I watched that terrible football game, but Michael <laughs> so and I were sorry. together and the Jets and the Jets won. So even if Did he, he got you something nice. Yes, yes, yes. He's uh he so for his birthday gift to me has yet to actually happen, but um it is he's booking a photo shoot for our dog from a photographer that <laughs> that, Love it. that takes awesome. um that takes photos of uh for the lo- one of the local rescues. Uh the the those photos that he takes for the local rescue of the adoptable dogs are uh, are free of charge, but obviously he, the they also are for hire. Um, and it's like it's like really goofy photos of dogs licking ice cream cones. So I'm very oh. excited for uh, for Blue's photo shoot and how that will turn out. So we'll That's see. Amazing. We will need be... the pictures ASAP. When yeah, yeah. No, I will obviously share that. <laughs> this but... is the best kind of birthday present because it's one that we all get to enjoy. <laughs> exactly. Yes. It's really a gift for the world. Let's be real. Um, but yeah, it, no, I, I feel like I'm setting up for uh for something that might not be posted for a while <laughs> unclear when when those photos will happen but they will happen at some point so that's that's michael's birthday gift to me so yeah uh, it's really his birthday gift to me for the world uh yeah and so, we love him for that <laughs> yes cute very cute photos of blue incoming uh we shall see um so yeah that's my walk-off win for this week um and yeah, so that does it for the show this week. Uh, you can go to homerunapplesauce.com to check out all of our fantastic pods. You can support our work by going to patreon.com slash homerunapplesauce. You can follow Home Run Applesauce on, so- on social media, on Twitter and Instagram 
at HR Applesauce. You can email this show, aa.apodoftheirown at gmail.com. You can also follow this show on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, Blue Sky, and TikTok at a pod of their own. You can follow each of us on Twitter and Blue Sky. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Sarovich. And you, Maggie? At Maggie162. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search Homer and Applesauce and you should have our entire suite of pods right there for you. Please rate and review the show if you have a moment. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there's no crying in public.